And I want to talk with you today, and my wife is going to join me in a few moments as we talk about, I wish I would have spent more time with family. And the scripture says this in Proverbs chapter 14, verse 1, the wise woman, or that would be the wise man, builds her or his home or house, but with her own hands, the foolish one tears hers down. And we can either build our home or we can live with a lot of regret by tearing it down. And what I want every person who's hearing this message today is I want this for your life. I want you to be wise and to build up your family instead of tearing your family down and tearing them apart. Scripture says in Proverbs chapter 27, verse number eight, a person who strays away from home is like a bird that strays from its nest. And one of the ways we can look back over our life and not have a ton of family regret is to take the proper steps not to stray away from our homes, not to stray away from our families. And the raw, rugged reality is there are so many things that are pulling for our attention and pulling for our time and pulling for our affections. And it's easy to stray away from your family. And it's easy to climb what the world would call the ladder of success. And you can climb the ladder of success and 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 the world paints a picture to you what that ladder looks like. And you can get to the top of the ladder of success and then realize you climbed the wrong ladder. And I just want us to understand that family matters. Family matters. And I want to talk to you about that for a few moments. I don't want you to climb the wrong ladder. And the first thing I want us just to grasp today is that time matters when it comes to our families. Time matters. People don't reach the end of their lives saying, I wish I would have worked more. But a lot of people look back over their life and say, I wish I would have spent more time with family. And a lot of people can carry regret because they did not spend more time with family. And here's what I've learned in my own life. We have to prioritize and protect family time. Now, I've learned with my own wife, with my own kids, that a lot of times that love is spelled T-I-M-E. And, and my, my, my family needs quality and quantity time. They need both. Scripture says this in Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 6 through 7. And I want you just to notice how this is just focused on time, time. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them. Don't just text them. Impress them on your children. Time. Talk about them. That's discussion. Conversation. Time. When you sit at home, when you're sitting at home and sitting around the dining room table, you're talking about the things of God. You're talking about 
biblical values. And, and when you walk along the road, when you're walk, going on a family walk, when you're walking to the to, to the ball game from the car, when you're when you're walking in the grocery store, you're you're being intentional. When you lie down, you're going home on a Sunday afternoon and relaxing, and you're lying down and you're investing and you're spending time. When you get up, you're having maybe a breakfast together and you're spending time talking about the things of God, impressing values, spending time together. T I M E quality and quantity time. I like what Proverbs says in in Proverbs 22, verse 6. It says, train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. And parents, grandparents, training our children, training our grandchildren takes T-I-M-E. And oftentimes when we think about training, we just think about about the Bible or spiritual things, but no, we're supposed to train our kids in every area of life. And I, I try to do this as a father. I, I want to train my children. We got to train our kids how to have healthy relationships, how to resolve conflict, how to date in a God-honoring way, how to be a friend, how to study and get take tests, how to handle money, how to make wise decisions, how to be a good spouse, how to work hard. And it takes T-I-M-E. And we have to prioritize and protect family time. Let me talk to you a little bit about how I do that. I, I try to prioritize and protect family time. And so here's what I do. I put my top priorities on my calendar first. At the beginning of every year, really at the end of every year, I sit down and plan out my year to the best of my ability and I put my family on my calendar First, as I review my calendar, I review every month and just review the upcoming month or two, I'm ensuring that family time's on my calendar. I, I, my date nights with Tiffany are on my calendar for Thursday nights. Family date nights are on Friday nights. It's on my calendar already. Now, family dinners, we, we used to do it four or five times a, a week when the kids were smaller. Now that they're older and teenagers, we still have a two, three times a week that we eat dinner together around the table. Uh, Tiffany and, and my trips with the, without the kids already on the calendar. Mm. <laughs> family vacations are already on the calendar. The kids' games and activities, I don't always know exactly the specifics of their games and activities, but I know the season of them. So I know when basketball season is, so I just know I'm not going to speak out there. If somebody wants me to do something, I'm just already intentionally saying no months ahead of time because I want to make sure when that schedule comes out, I can get it on my calendar. Even attending church and serving together with your kids is powerful. Now, Tiffany is the one that brought the kids to church because I was already here getting ready to preach. And so I'm going to let her talk about just the power of attending church with the kids and serving together. Would you put your hands together for Pastor Tiffany Cooper? Hello, church family. Um, yes, so my kids have been involved in a lot of activities over the years. But one of the best ways that we invested time is attending church and serving together as a family. And for my kids, it's done a lot of things, but serving has helped them to be others-focused and not self-centered. And even from a young age, I remember driving to church with the kids and telling them, okay, kids, today God wants to use you to make a difference. Look for ways to help your teachers. Look for ways to help volunteers. 
Look for that kid who might need a friend. Maybe somebody who looks like they're lonely or they're sitting all by themselves. God wants to use you. And so we, even from a very young age, instilled in them to look to others and not just look to themselves. Um, also, serving in church um, has given them personal skills, people skills, life skills. Um, it has given them a sense of purpose in their life. Um, another thing that I love is that it has given them a firm foundation on biblical principles for life. And how we invest our time into our kids is more important than the money we spend on them. Our kids need our minutes and our margin more than they need our money. So spend your minutes going to their activities. Spend your minutes enjoying meals together. Spend your minutes getting to know what they are interested in, what they enjoy, and then do those things with them. And also invite them into your world so they can be a part of what you're doing as well. And then margin is so powerful in relationships. Margin invites moments that would otherwise be lost. When we have margin, we are creating time for longer family conversations. We're allowing time for those unexpected moments that can happen of fun. Um, they are allowing us time to be tuned in to our children to notice if something is off, if something is bothering them. Margin allows us to be there for our family when they need us. Um, additionally, creating margin is needed for our health, for our spiritual, our physical, our emotional health. I remember when the kids were young, I started to make a clear connection between my lack of margin and how it affected my children. When I piled my calendar and my schedule too full of things to do, I would become more irritable, more impatient, and it didn't take long before I noticed my kids were becoming more irritable and more impatient. And so my lack of margin was impacting and modeling for my kids a behavior that I didn't want for them to have. Um, and I just wanna encourage you that no amount of money or success can take the place of the time we spend with our family. I want to encourage you to prioritize your family time and protect your family time. There's another area that in order to have fewer regrets, regrets, we can do this, and that is moments matter. Yeah. Capitalize on the built-in moments that are already in your day. For us, that was in the morning and at bedtime. So every morning, we would greet the children. Even now, as teenagers, we greet them in the morning. We give them a hug. They go, first thing, they go to Herbert, and they get a big hug from dad. And we help set the tone for the day. But when they were younger, I remember just the chaos of the morning and getting them dressed and getting them ready for school, getting their breakfast made, helping them review for the quiz or the test that was happening that day. But in all of that, we were setting a tone for the day for our children. That was a great moment to capitalize on. 
And then at night, we would take turns going from room to room to tuck our children in at night. And this really probably only took around five minutes for each child, but it was a highlight of the day. We had focused one-on-one attention with our children. Herbert, I know it's hard to imagine, would usually get goofy. He became the tickle monster. There was a lot of roughhousing going on (laughs) with the kids. Um, But it was a fun time. And then we would ask them, do you have anything you want to pray about? We'd pray with each child. And then they would have the opportunity after that to pray as well. And all of this in total was around an average of 20 minutes. That's not a lot of time. But when you multiply 20 minutes by 20 minutes by 20 minutes, I mean, it adds up to a huge investment of time into your family. Another built-in moment is car rides. We spent so many hours in the car going from activity to activity, driving from place to place. And what I love about the car is that you are in close proximity. You're not having to fight for it. It's there. And so I really tried to focus in those moments with my kids. 90% of the time, I was not on the phone. I was focused on them. We were talking. We were listening to music. I have a lot of personal DJs these days. And we used that time for connection. And then a fourth one is um, our meal times. That was a great time for built-in connection. But along with built-in connection, there's another powerful way to have moments, and that is to create moments. And these moments, they don't have to be elaborate, big events. That's not what it's about. It's about investing intentional time into that family member. It's about that family member knowing that they are a priority in your life and that you want to spend time with them. Um, And often, the little things are the big things. So when my kids were very young, I started to feel that they needed personal, individual attention. But I wasn't sure how I was going to make that happen. And then one day, I came up with the Cooper Five. And this is what we did. I told the kids, you're going to take turns. You're going to come into my bedroom. You're going to each get five minutes of alone time, and we can do whatever you want to do. And so we'd go in my room. We'd shut the door. We weren't with the other kids. And we would talk. Sometimes I'd read them a book. Some kids like to cuddle. We just had a good time. And then oftentimes we went longer than five minutes, and we'd hear the knock at the door. You're taking longer than five minutes. (laughs) Um, But... It was only five minutes for each kid, but it made an impact. And what works in one season might not accommodate another season. So the key is to be flexible and to do what works best in your current season with your current family members. So as many of you know, our oldest is now in college. And when he came home this year for Christmas break, I told him, I said, Kale, See this Thursday? This is our Thursday. I want you to save this Thursday because we're going to spend time together. And then that morning, I woke him up. I said, okay, we're going to go, and we're going to do things for the first time together. We're trying things for the first time. And we had so much fun creating memories and creating that moment together. So I just want to encourage you that moments have the ability to deepen your connection, and to build a stronger sense of love in that relationship. Um, Herbert, what would you say about creating moments? Yeah, I would say that, first of all, Kel, on that Thursday, that boy went and got a pedicure. She took him, she took him to get a, that boy, whew, 
Got to move. He liked it. He was, liked it. Panic here, then I got a panic here. I'm like, I uh-huh. never had one of them before, but I keep trying. Yeah. He says no. Yeah, creating, listen, creating moments is just so, so important. I, I would just say this to you. There's something special about planning for a moment and then even looking forward to the moment and then experiencing the moment together. So I would just say to all of us, be intentional to create shared experiences with your family. The bond between you and your spouse can be strengthened. The bond between you and your children, you and your grandchildren can be strengthened by shared experiences. The little things are the big things. The little things are the big things. The little things are the big things. So this doesn't have to take a lot of money, but it's just finding those moments that you can just spend time with your family. Let me give you some examples for me. The little things are the big things. So my kids growing up, I took them to school every morning, at least 90% of the mornings, I would take them to school. And we had time together in the car, and I would always say this to the kids every morning, attitude is a choice. And I would say, Cooper kids make the, and the kids would say, wise choice. And then I would pray for them every single morning. Didn't cost me any money, but it made a huge impact on my kids and I would just remind them Cooper kids make the what wise choice and so every Friday my off day I would pick the kids up from school and so obviously three of them are driving now and so that looks a little different in this season some days I'm still picking up uh, one of my children but that was intentional just little things are the big things short ministry trips even Tiffany and I we'll go on a short trip in in, in January I, I went to go preach in Salina Kansas and so Tiffany went with me on that Wednesday night and we came went down we got to spend time in the car I preached that night we drove back and we were now here the next morning for a 6 a.m. prayer service but but we went and it was just time together I take the kids with me on ministry trips when, I, when I'm going somewhere to speak I'll just take one of the kids with me and say hey, you coming with me and they come fly with me spend time with me in the whole hotel with me, in the green rooms with me, hanging with pastors with me, and it's that intentional time. The little things are the big things. Every one of our kids, when they turn 13 years old, they got a trip. All the boys had a trip with Daddy, and Karis had a trip with Tiffany, and it was an awesome time. When they turned a teenager, we just made it really special for them, and they got to pick where they wanted to go, and because I raised them boys right, two of them boys wanted to go to a Dallas Cowboys game. That's what I'm talking about. Hey! Let me take you on this father-son trip, boy. Good choice. That's what I'm talking about. That is what I'm talking about. It's the little things are the big things. Reading books together. So, so I, took, I took my three boys through every young man's battle. And we talked about it. We talked about lust. We talked about masturbation. We talked about sex. We just, we just talked. It was me investing in my sons. Well, as a family, we read through Rich Dad, Poor Dad together with the kids because I want to teach them about money and how do you handle money and how do you save and how do you plan. How can you, I just talk, we're just teaching the kids. Listen, our, our marriage getaways together, Tiffany and I, without them kids. Mmm. Mmm. Hey, Jesus. It's just, there's some of our best memories. The marriage conference, like, that's intentional investment. Like, don't, don't, don't brush, that out, brush that off. No, that's huge for us. It's an intentional investment in our marriage. Do that. Invest in your marriage. by The marriage conference, family vacations together are just those memories together. I remember as a kid, 
Every year we'd go to Kansas City, Missouri to see my dad's sisters there, and we would go and go to the Royals game and go to Worlds of Fun and Oceans of Fun. The memories that we made, I still remember them, and now we do that with our family. We go, we go on vacation together, and we make memories together. And a part of creating moments together is establishing some family traditions. I want to encourage you with this. Establish some family traditions that you can look forward to. So for us, family traditions would be family dinner two or three times a week with our children. And every time we always have a high point and a low point. Everybody goes around the table. What was your high point today? What was your low point today? It's just a family tradition. Friday dinners. Family dinners. Now, obviously, we got teenagers, got one in college. It looks a little different in this season. But when they were just coming up, every Friday night was family date night. And we would go to... McAllister's. McAllister's. They had that $2 pizza, $3 pizza. <laughs> I'm just helping you, church. I'm helping you. So we go to McAllister's. We, we have a birthday tradition. We still do it with the kids. Every birthday, Tiffany makes, has a birthday breakfast for the kids. We all come. We, say, we sing to them. And then Tiffany and I, we put it on our calendars, and we always take the kids out for a birthday lunch together. It's just a tradition. We have Easter. Tiffany's sister and her family come to town. And after I preach a gazillion Easter services, we have an Easter dinner together. And then th th Thanksgiving, my dad, until this last year when he was dying of cancer, when my dad always came over, my little sister came over, and we would watch football together, eat Thanksgiving meal, cheesecake. The kids just look forward to it. It's just a tradition we have. Christmas is a big tradition for us, family traditions. We always have matching pajamas. Not hurt you. That was 2022 right there, the matching pajamas. And we go look at Christmas lights. We drink hot chocolate together. We have devote we've had family devotions when the kids were little. We have family devotions around the tree every single night and singing around the tree and sharing God's word. And then we always go to Nebraska as a family. It's family traditions. And I would just add this as well. Not only moments matter, but learning matters. Learning matters. One of the things that will help you really live with less regrets with family, is to learn each family member. Every one of our family members, they're just different. We all have the basic needs, same basic needs, but how those needs are met are different for each family member. I think about Tiffany, I think about Kel, I think about Cade, I think about Karis, I think about Case. They all have different personalities. They all receive love differently, and they all view just situations differently. And here's what I've learned is this when it comes to my family. I got to seek to understand before I seek to be understood. I've got to ask questions and be slow to speak. I got I to gotta listen to them. Then I got to ask more questions and got to listen some more. I got to learn what they're thinking and feeling. I, I've learned this with my, my children. I've got, I've got to get into their world and ask questions and make it safe so I can learn what they're feeling and learn their struggles and learn their temptations, and they feel safe to talk to dad about what they're struggling. I want to know. You're not in trouble. I want to know what you're feeling and what you're going through. And I listen, and I'm learning my children so I can learn how to meet their needs. And here's what I had to learn. I had to stop being a know-it-all. Come on, just look at your neighbor and say, I think that was for you right there. That was for you right there. That I had to stop being a know-it-all and start listening and learning so I could meet their needs. Tiffany, what would you say about this? It makes me think of when Karis was around five years old, and I started to notice that occasionally I felt like she was putting up walls. 
and it was hard to get through to her. And this puzzled me, and I couldn't figure it out, and I would think on it, and then I became very prayerful about it. And then one day, I had the realization, Tiffany Cooper, she does exactly what you do. And I realized that I put up walls when I'm hurt or upset or feel the need to protect myself. And so I saw that in her, and I realized something has happened to cause her to feel like she needs to put up a wall. So I need to regain her trust. I need to learn her. And so that's what I started to do. I started to learn what closed off her heart, what opened her heart. And not only was it good to know that so that I could be the best mom to her that I could be, but also so that I could help her learn in those situations to not let that be a pattern in her life. Learning, it helps us to be the best that we can be in the relationship with our family. And the thing about relationships and learning, as Herbert said, it's not a one size fits all because we can receive love differently. We can um, view things differently. And so with four teenagers going into this year, I knew that I wanted to continue to learn them. I wanted to continue to be the best that I could be for them in our relationship. So I sent them five questions, and I asked them to take some time to think about their answers, and then we were going to get together and discuss them. And quickly, I will give you these five questions. The first was, what can I do better to support you this year? Number two, is there anything I do or say that affects you negatively? Number three, is there something you want me to know about you that you haven't communicated to me yet? Number four, is there something you would like to talk about, a question, a request, an issue that you haven't communicated to me? And the last one, number five, what is one thing you would enjoy doing together this year? You didn't ask me them questions. <laughs> Baby, you tell got, me all the things. I got, I, got, I got some answers for you. I, I know you do, and we can talk later, too. <laughs> um, <laughs> I didn't mean that bad. Um, <laughs> but... Um, and my kids, they didn't have answers for all of these questions, and that was okay. Because it wasn't about pressuring them, it wasn't about them having to have an answer, it was just about this is an opportunity for me to get to know you better. And so honestly, if I had not asked these questions, I would not have known some of the things that they're experiencing, ways that they would like more support, ways that I can provide more accountability. Um, one of my kids talked to me about something that I do that I never would have realized affects them negatively, but now that I know, I can change it. If I hadn't asked, I wouldn't know, and I'd just keep doing that same thing. Um, and also, it let me know that they all want to continue spending time together in very specific ways. And so now I know that, and we have a plan for this year. Asking questions, it not only increases our learning, but it eliminates the possible regret that could come from not knowing. True learners are lifelong learners. Proverbs 9.9 says this, Instruct the wise and they will be wiser still. 
teach the righteous, and they will add to their learning. We can become wiser, and we can add to our learning in the area of our family and having fewer regrets. Um, Another area to help have fewer regrets is this. Our attitude matters. Winston Churchill said, attitude is a little thing that makes a big difference. So how is your attitude? Does your family enjoy you? Because you can prioritize time, you can create moments, and you can learn your family. But if they don't like being around you, you are vetoing all that Say good that, stuff. somebody. <laughs> Preach. Yeah. And it makes me think of these two bowls. These are identical bowls. They have beautiful fruit arranged. They look good. But the reality is only one tastes good. Only one can nourish the body because only one is the real thing. Only one is fruit. This, it's just, it looks good on the outside, but the inside is fruitless. And so my question to you is what fruit are you producing in your relationships? Galatians 5, through 23 tells us what kind of fruit we should produce. It says, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. So what kind of fruit are you producing? Are you kind in your relationships or are you critical? Are you patient or impatient? Do you have joy or are you constantly displeased and gloomy? Are you faithful in your relationships or are you unreliable? Do you look good on the outside? and yet you're fruitless on the inside? The good news is we have a helper that can help us produce fruit in our relationships. And it says this, as you continue reading in Galatians 5, it says this, those who belong to Jesus Christ have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to the cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. We can follow the Spirit's leading in our relationships and we can produce fruit in our relationships with our families. Amen. I want to just say this, church. It's, I realize today some of you have climbed what the world would call the ladder of success and you may even be towards the very top and maybe there's some regret when you look at your family you look at your kids you look at your grandkids and I just want to offer hope to you today this message is not to beat you up it's to get you up and to help you today and I just want you to know if you look up and you've climbed the wrong ladder it's not too late to come off the wrong ladder It's never too late. It doesn't matter how broken the relationship might be. It doesn't matter how strained the relationship might be between you and your kids. It doesn't matter the distance between you and your grandkids. It doesn't matter where it is today. You can start climbing the right ladder. It's never too late 
It's never too late to say, I'm going to start investing time in a family. It's never too late to start saying, I'm going to go to those ball games. It's never too late to start saying, I'm going to start spending more time with my family. I just want you to know you can't go back and get a brand new start. But you can start today and get a brand new ending. Today, begin to invest in your family and watch God move. It's not too late. Aren't you glad we serve a God of grace, of mercy, of forgiveness, who will help us in our families. Lord, we love you today. We give you praise. I thank you right now that you love us so much, that you're a God of a second and a third chance, that you're a God that helps us even when we've messed up. We all have family regret, but I thank you from this day forward, we can make changes. We can begin to invest. We can go back and restore a relationship. We can go back and start working on that relationship that we've neglected. I thank you today that you're speaking to our hearts by your spirit and that we're going to invest in our families because family matters. In Jesus' name, I pray. As eyes are still closed and heads are still bowed at every single location today, some of you, you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And you're what Tiffany described as fruitless on the inside. On the inside, there is no fruit. You look and there's no peace and there's no joy and there's no patience and there's no kindness and there's no love and you just look in your heart, there's no self-control, just wild living. And today I want you to know that God wants to wash away your sins, place his spirit inside of you. And the Holy Spirit will begin to produce this fruit in your life, this, this God-honoring fruit. But it happens when you turn your life over to Jesus. And there are others of you today that you've been living with a lot of regret because you know Jesus, but you drifted away. And today there's distance between you and God. And you're starting to produce a life of fruitlessness in the way that you're living and the lack of peace that you have, the lack of self-control, the lack of kindness, the anger that you're exhibiting. And today, would you come back home and rededicate your life to the Lord? As I count to three, if that's you, you want to give your life to Jesus, say yes to the Lord today. You want him to wash away your sins, to forgive you today. Some of you, you would be on your way to hell, but today you're going to pray this prayer and be on your way to heaven because God loves you so much. As I count to three, would you raise your hand high at every location? And I'm going to lead you in a prayer. One, two, three. Just lift it high and say, Pastor, that's me. Thank you so much. Others, see your hand there. Thank you so much. Others, just lift it high. Thank you so much. See your hand there. Others, come on, Midwest City, just lift it high. Northwest, lift it high. Mabel Bassett, lift it high. Come on, Indianapolis, just raise your hand. If you're watching online, click the raise your hand button. All right, that's me in the chat line. Come on, who else today needs to give your life to Jesus? Just say, I'm surrendering. I see your hand there. Others today, see your hand as well. Others today, so awesome, so awesome. I'm going to ask every hand that's raised to pray this prayer with me. Confess it with your mouth. Believe this prayer with your heart. And the scripture says you will be saved. Your sins will be forgiven. Pray with me now. Heavenly Father, I turn from my sins and I turn my life over to Jesus, the son of the living God. And I confess today that Jesus Christ is my Lord and my Savior. And I will follow Jesus the rest of my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.